Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to New Church Live. If you're watching for your first time, we're live every Sunday morning, but we've got a ton of stuff uh, online on newchurchlive.tv. Probably anything you're wondering about, there's a sermon about it there, so welcome. Come check out all that we have to offer. My name is Curtis. I'm the executive director here, and I am going to give the talk today. Don't worry. Chuck will be back next week. Actually, this series that we're talking about here, we're starting a three-part series on freedom. And Chuck asked me if I would open this series, and I said, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to do what I want to do, because I want to be free. No, okay, forget it. I actually jumped at the chance, because, and today we're looking at a new definition of freedom. You might not think it, but freedom has everything to do with a spiritual life. You might separate them. Oh, yeah, freedom is like a, sort of like a America Pledge of Allegiance or like it's civil or it's something about governmental stuff. And then you have religion and spiritual growth and the path to try to go live a good life and, and love what's good and true and, and be a good person and hug your kids. Freedom has everything to do with that. Actually, you cannot walk the spiritual path, I think, really effectively without a good understanding of freedom, and not just what it is, but the different kinds of freedom. I'm so excited to get to talk to you about this today, because ever since I started gathering material and writing this, I've been using the concept of freedom to help me out in so many situations in my mind, where I'm, I'm jammed up and it's like my mind is telling me, you remember when this person said this thing about you? Don't you want to think about that and get mad and think of your counter-arguments? And I can say, okay, wait, wait, that's not, that's not freedom. That's not what I'm looking for. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look into the power of spiritual freedom. And I want to do this in three acts. Act one is this one right now. It's going to be a little lecture. I feel like that word never really <laughs> has a good connotation with it, but it will be fun. And, and also, it's really important for us to just get a few key concepts in there before we explore the second two acts. The second act is going to be a journey. I want to take you down a path of this really amazing Bible passage. It's one of the Psalms that I feel like sums up the journey of freedom in this incredible way. And I've been going back over and over and again, it's really coaching me on how to, what's the vibe of the pursuit of, of God, of trying to live that life, of trying to be spiritual. And then in the third act, we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to bring up um, Peter Rhodes, who's an author who's had a huge impact on on the way that I look at my own spiritual path. So I'm so excited to get to ask him about a few things and some of his expertise on how it is that we stay in freedom and what freedom really means. So let's begin by talking about freedom and what it is. And you can't really start anything without knowing why you are doing it. Why are we here? And I think every time I give a talk here, I start the same way. I say, why are we here? And then I give you the quote that I'm about to give. But that needs recalibrating all the time. Because if you don't remember what the point is, especially with religion or spirituality, I don't know what you want to call it, with church, you've got to know why you're doing it. 
Because if not, it can veer off into all these counterproductive things. You can be, think, you're like, I'm deep into the religion stuff. I know how to quote this and quote that and, and go smite people with it. But that's not getting us to where God is trying to get us to. It's not actually bringing us into more freedom. So the point of why we do anything is this quote from Heaven and Hell. Who is God? What is God trying to do? Divine love, which is who God is, is the intent that everyone should be most profoundly and fully happy. That there is no better goal than that. There's really no other goal than that. And that's a big, expansive thing that might seem like, well, how do I... I'm just trying to make eggs. How am I going to connect that to that? But everything can point toward that. If we look at every moment of our lives as an opportunity to how do I move, maybe for myself in a little way, maybe for this person I'm helping, how do I move the ball forward toward everyone being most fully and profoundly happy? Which is, I mean, come on. That is the most noble thing you can be looking to do. Then we've kept, then we've we've oriented ourselves. Then then us and God share a goal, and when you share goals, that's when you're when there's there's this compatibility that allows things to happen, and people can get and rightfully so want to put religion, want to put church at arm's length because you talk about things like heaven and hell, and it seems to be very. It can be very arbitrary and judgmental, and this is just um, too rigid, not really adapted to the complexity of life and all that. I do want to talk about two kinds of freedom today, heavenly freedom and hellish freedom. This is what I mean when I use those words. So heavenly, I'll give you actually a handy little chart here. If we've got that goal, which the goal is divine love is the intent that everyone should be most profoundly and fully happy. I don't think anyone's going to argue that that's not a good goal. Like, I don't want that. Of course you do. Of course we do. That, that is, there's nothing more noble than that. You can describe something as heavenly if it's moving in the direction of that goal. Somehow... This is intended to be, whether or not it really pans out, if the intent is we're trying to move towards that, I would call that heavenly. Hellish is anything that is trying to move away from that goal. Because I can say, you have those cookies there, <coughs> I want them, and I don't care how it made you feel. That's not moving toward that everyone should be most fully and profoundly happy. So that's what heavenly, heavenly and hellish are. And freedom, and this was an insight that I, that I learned from New Church Theology. I never really thought about freedom this way. Freedom, maybe, maybe I'm going to say this to you, and you're going to say, of course, I already thought that. I was already 10 steps ahead of you. Ah, you got me again. Freedom just means being able to do what you want because you want it. You can say, like, technically, freedom is about having a plethora of options, and the, the larger that that option 
plethora expands. The more free you are, the more things you would not have a penalty to do, the freer you are. But that's not really why freedom is important to us. If I said, guess what? Now everybody is free at any time to review the details of the tax codes for any country in the world. Nobody cares, because nobody wants to do that. I mean, we're probably already free to do that, but you get what I'm trying to say with that example. The time when freedom matters is when it's about things that we want to do. When we feel like those are being impinged on or we're being allowed to pursue them. Freedom has to do with following. It's really an emotional thing rather than a cognitive thing. Freedom is about being able to pursue what you want. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So if we apply that to our diagram we just had, to be in a state of heavenly freedom means I am in a state where I want and can pursue because I want things that move us toward everyone being most profoundly and fully happy. And hellish freedom is when I'm in a state of being enticed by and pursuing because I want to pursue stuff that moves us away from everyone being most fully and profoundly happy. And that could be it moves me away. It could be it moves other people away. But somehow this thing is, every time I get what I want, it's making things worse. And I'm an expert on hellish freedom because I, I find myself pulled into it all the time. It's not what it says it is. So hellish freedom would be, there's this thing that I want, goes against the divine intent, but I'm just gonna, but I, but I want it, so I wanna do, do it. Something that I've noticed about that, about um, the compulsion to do stuff that's ultimately not constructive, is it's not really freedom. It sort of feels like it is, but because, okay, there can be some pleasure in it. I mean, there's obviously, why do we wanna honk our horn at somebody and yell at them out the window? Because it's a pleasure, and like, that, he's gonna get what he deserves. That, that jerk, he's gonna feel, I'm gonna upset him or frighten him, and that's gonna be, that's gonna be good. There's a pleasure in that. But why do people do anything? Why, why do people steal? Oh, it's like I, I can get this thing that I want. Why, why do I act dysfunctionally towards someone? Well, because I'm venting on them or something. There can be a pleasure in that, but something I've noticed about following those compulsions, you always end up overall in a worse place than when you started. Because whenever I get that thing that I'm looking for, I go, oh yeah, I, I won this argument, I got the last word in, I, I really, this person who tried to step up to me, now I hurt their feelings a ton, this is so great. N now I, I'm more edgy and more angry, and I'm looking for the next conflict. And the more that I run over in my head what I want to say to this person, the more, I, the more sensitive I am the next time that it comes in. So hellish freedom it also is, is non-voluntary. Like there's plenty of times when I'm like, I don't, I don't, like I, I've lately been really interested in like, I wanna continue to make it so that my life is all about me being as, I don't wanna say productive as possible. I'm not talking about hustle culture, I'm gonna, but I want my life to be doing stuff that moves, moves it forward. Stuff that I believe in and have integrity with. Not so much of like scroll on the phone, but I find myself like, I can't stop this. I can't stop doing it. I just want to see, what did that person say about you? Can't, I can't stop it. So there's not, that, there's not that heavenly freedom in it. 
I want to give a, um, I want to give a, a definition from New Church Theology of the difference between what seems like freedom in the, in, in the negative sense and then what is free in the positive sense. So, I know Marcus has got to run up there, but I'll, I'll start reading it for you. It's three slides, and it's fabulous. So, we begin. We first come into a state of freedom after we have regenerated, which that is a New Church Theology word that just means grown spiritually. Christians might call it becoming born again. You, you people might call it becoming enlightened. When we have changed, when God has actually changed our hearts, then we come into a state of freedom. Until then, we are in a state of slavery. Hellish freedom seems like it's freedom, but it's actually slavery. How could that be? Enslavement occurs when cravings and falsity rule over us. Freedom results when a fondness for what is good and true take charge. Have you ever, have you ever been ruled over by cravings and falsities? I remember, I've had ideas, like, I believe this story about what I think this person thinks of me, or how I think this group is treating me or something. And it absolutely rules over you. I can, I've had falsities my entire life. Like, I've had falsities about, well, I'm, I'm no good, I'm insignificant, no, nothing, nobody's taking care of my life, I don't really think there's God, I don't really think he's there. That's all false. That's all false, but yet it rules your life. I, how, I, absolutely the best example of this in the world is worries about the future. Where like, your, your very helpful mind will say to you, what if this thing happens? And then what if this happens? Oh, and you'll be ang have anxiety about it, but then it won't happen. And your mind will be like, yeah, but what if this happens over here? And it will just string you along for years and years, ruled by falsities. There's no, there's no freedom in that. You still feel like you can go and do things, but you're not free from. You may be free too, but you're not free from that stuff. Freedom results when, when a fondness for what is good, good and true takes charge. Sorry, I know I'm stopping every sentence, but every time I read something like this, something occurs to me. Even just before preparing for this, this talk that I'm giving to you right now, if, if I'm sitting here and saying, well, is this going to be really good, and am I going to do really well, and how's my reputation going to be after this talk, there's not freedom in that, because you're, you're banking everything on something that's out of your control, and it, it, attendant to that is all kinds of anxiety. But if, when instead I could get in the moment of like, oh, I, I really, these concepts are really great. They have been helping me this week, and if I put these in the hands of people, some good will happen, there's freedom in that. Because suddenly I'm not, I'm not so worried about exactly how everything goes. As long as we are enslaved, thunder, as long as we are enslaved, we have no perception of the actual state of affairs. The first perception dawns when we come into freedom, when we understand, oh, oh, life can be so much better. I don't have to be wrapped up in that stuff. In a state of slavery, when cravings and their falsity take control, those of us under their yoke think we are enjoying freedom, but this is grossly untrue. At such a time, we are carried away by the pleasure that our vices and the indulgence of them bring us, or in other words, by the pleasure that selfish kinds of love bring us. Since it is pleasure that engrosses us, we see it as freedom telling you. 
Whenever some specific passion leads us, no matter which direction it goes, we follow it and consider it a liberating thing, otherwise known as adolescence. No offense. I spent a long time pursuing passions that I thought, this is, this is where I want to go, this is what I want to do, this is where I want to be, and now I can look back on that and say, oh, am I glad to not be there anymore. I'm so much happier to be trying to work toward what is good and true and honest and fair, regardless of my track record on it. There is such a freedom in, we're going to solve the problems for everyone rather than try to get myself to stack up above and beyond and better than everybody else. So that is hellish freedom, which masquerades as freedom, but is not really freedom. I want to look next at what it is to take the journey toward heavenly freedom. And I've, yeah, I found this amazing number in the Bible that, I, that I've been coming back to again and again that illustrates so well what that journey feels like and what it's like to, to be not just automatically free, but pursuing freedom. So I'll be right back. Good morning, everybody. We're going to start with a song an original song of mine that is about pursuing my own freedom. and It has some quotes from other people, some famous quotes. It's called Turn Your Face to the Sun. Turn your face to the sun and the shadows fall behind you. You're not the only one who thinks of all the time you've been lost and then refound again. So inhale, then exhale again. Turn your face to the sun and the shadows fall behind you. What we see mainly depends on what we look for. I'm completely free to become who I need to be. I'm not afraid of storms, for I am learning how to sail my ship. Oh, I'm learning how to sail my
That was great. I didn't, so you may think, oh, Curtis is giving this talk. He already knows exactly what songs they're going to play. I don't always. And I didn't know that, that we're going to get an original song about freedom. And let me tell you something about songs and what makes them good. They have to come from a state of freedom to be a good song. If you've ever heard a time when somebody has to write a song for something, instead of it's because they wanted to, you can hear the difference right away. When somebody's towing the line versus Emily just feels like, hey, I, I, the pursuit of freedom is something that I want to write a song about so I can write it. And that turning, turn your face to the sun, that is exactly what heavenly freedom is. It's like, yes, you could say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm free to turn my face away from the sun. I'm free to go turn my face to the ground. But pursuing that is actually the freedom. So I want to... I wanted to try to illustrate the journey of what it's like to turn your face to the sun and try to follow that path. Because this is something that I've been struggling with for a long time. Is how do I, I feel like, as I said, I've, I've gotten to a place in my life where I, I feel pretty lucid. As in, I, I can tell when I'm sort of being overrun by negative stuff in my mind. I can tell when I'm sort of off the path, but I've struggled to really be moving in a direction that I want to be. And obviously, like, I love the pursuit of God and the pursuit of how do you live by the truth and make life better through that. <coughs> Excuse me. And I'm kind of inconsistent about it, or I feel like I'm inconsistent. So what is it? How do you engage on that pursuit, and how do you navigate the storms of your own apathy and boredom and getting riled up? So... I was searching for stuff about freedom in the Bible, and I came across this psalm, which is just like exactly the journey. And it, it, I feel like it was, it was teaching me, like, oh, this, is, this is what it's like to pursue something hard and, and really focus on trying to achieve this freedom that we're talking about. So I'm going to read some of it to you, not the whole psalm, but as much as I can possibly get away with we're going to read here today. And I'm going to stop all the time and comment on it. This is so good. So this is about the journey, the attempt to make the journey through heavenly freedom. Psalm 119, for those of you who are taking notes. Blessed, blessed are the... Sorry, this is a New King James Version, which sounds pretty, like, biblical. I don't... I'm, this is my... Like, look at this. Like, I've had this since I was a kid in elementary school. So I'm just so familiar with this translation that, uh, yeah, I'm going to sound like I'm an old-timey preacher here. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Right away, it's saying, hey, you want to try to take this on, this spiritual growth thing? That's good. You're going to get good things out of it. It's not like we have to do this or we'll get in trouble. It's just like, I, I want to do this. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. Again, what's it like to try to pursue what is good? The whole heart, that is in freedom. Because you can be told you have to go do this thing. And you can be threatened. And, and like, if you don't do this thing, you're going to suffer these consequences. And you can be going and do it. Is that with your whole heart? No. You don't, you never really love something when you have to do it. This is why freedom is so essential. 
They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. I want to say something about commands as they come from God. This is somebody saying, oh, you've commanded us to do this. When God commands you to do something, you don't have to do it. What I mean is, where do we, this is different than there's a, com, there's a commandment not to run red lights. And if I break that commandment, police car is going to pull me over, I'm going to get a ticket, like I'm going to know right away. God's commandment's like, hey, don't, don't do this, that is not good. It's, there's complete freedom around whether you follow it or not. And actually, because as we said, what is God trying to do? Why would God bother to make commandments in the first place? It's because the divine intent is that everyone should be most profoundly and fully happy. When God commands, God is just saying, look, if you do this, that's going to move you toward the happiness that I want from you, and it's going to help everyone move toward it. So, so please do this. And if you don't, you're going to move yourself away from that happiness. All right, we're six verses in. We did it. Then, then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. I will praise you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. Like, as soon as I hear what you want me to do, that's great. I was looking for that. It's like if you... Sorry, I'll, I'll try to not do so many of these tangents, but if you really want to get good at basketball and somebody says, oh, by the way, your elbow's out too far, you want to hear that. You want to hear that because you're excited about where you're trying to go. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart, I have sought you again and again. Look, I'm, I want this. I want to do what's right. I've seen the difference between where life goes when I'm when I'm living for selfishness and materialism versus when I'm living for love of my fellow human beings and, and what's right and good and true. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. And this is something like where I've come to is even with this freedom stuff before leading up to this yesterday and, and the day before, there were so many times when I felt like, oh, this, I'm in this bad mood and if I think about heavenly freedom, it gets me out of it. It gets me out of it. Like I, not like, let me not wander from your commandments because that I know I'm not supposed to, but it's like, oh no, no, no. I don't, I've already tried the other thing. I don't like it as much. I like this. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With your lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your concepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. There have been times when I feel like, wow, I feel like, why do I feel so good right now? Why do I feel like I've just had, like I just got money? Like I feel rich and I realize, oh yeah, it's because I had this principle that it was pursuing something about like how to love God, how to love the neighbor, and it worked. And I saw it work, and I know I can return to that now. And it make, it's, that is what spiritual riches are. We'll skip ahead a bit. There's a lot of amazing stuff in there. You can read it for yourself. But what got me interested in this in the first place is in this last stanza here. 41 
It says, let your mercies come also to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. So I shall have an answer for him who reproaches me. By the way, I firmly believe that the entirety of the word has to do about with you. So when we hear him who reproaches me, I would not say think about, okay, next time someone says something to me, I'm saying something to them. Think about within yourself. Think about the next time that you're trying to have the happy life that you want to have and there's some kind of anxiety or worry or negativity or subversive thing that's trying to get you to lash out at your significant other or whatever it is, that's the reproach. That's where we can really do good is when we, we learn to uh, trust in God to get us out of those things. There's, there's, there's a lot more good that can be done inside than in looking out there for enemies. For I trust in your word and take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. For I have hoped in your ordinances. Here we go. So shall I keep your law continually forever and ever. And I will walk at liberty for I seek your precepts. Now, I was a little disappointed when I saw that last um, verse in my beloved falling apart Bible, because the one I found online, I think it was a new international version, says, for I will walk in freedom, for I seek your precepts. And I was like, that's it. So liberty is a fine word for it too. The freedom, here you have somebody who's telling this story of they're compelling themselves and they're searching and they're working and yet, they're saying, because I have this, because I have this way to live, I'm, I'm walking in freedom. Understanding that there is more freedom in the effort to do what's, what, what we know is good than in when what is trying to trap us and uh, steal our joy consumes us. But there is this, even if it's work, it can still be freedom. And that's something that I feel like it, it took me uh, a long time to get. But now uh, I'm starting to see the difference clearly between what is heavenly and, and the freedom that that brings. So we're going to have another song. And who knows what great song this is going to be. And then when we come back, we're going to have a conversation about the importance of freedom and what it means to our spiritual growth. So thanks for taking that little journey with me. Let's take a musical journey now together. You can feel free to sing along. This is more of a sing along. Free way running through the yard and 
New Church Live, it's Angela. We need your help. Our fundraising year ends at the end of June and we still have a little over $200,000 left to raise. I know that might seem daunting, but I know we can do this. If everybody steps up and supports this church, we can reach our goal. So it funds all the things that you count on here, the Sunday service, the 10 minutes of calm, 
community service efforts, small groups, all the programs and initiatives that you all count on. So we hope you'll consider making a donation and helping us reach our goal. You can do that on our website, on the donation tab. You can text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977, or you can use the QR code. We really need everybody to support this church that we all love and care and appreciate. So we hope you'll make a donation and we hope you'll support New Church Live today. Thanks everyone. Supporting New Church Live. Thank you for everyone who's done it. And it, whenever you're watching this, you can just go to newchurchlive.tv. It's easy to donate there. Yeah, we, we need your support to make it happen. Um, Peter, this is Peter Rhodes. Thank you so much for coming. So um, Peter is the author of a book called Observing Spirits, which I love, as well as um, you guys did this series of... Um, spiritual growth videos called Happy, Joyous, and Free, which is part of what I wanted to have you on. But you, you had a huge impact on you know, how I think about spiritual things and, and the, the approach to, to taking concepts and really making them um, a part of my life. So thank you for that. And I, I would love to talk with you a little while about freedom. And I want to start with just like an easy, simple question. So what, is it, what does freedom mean? And when you hear, like, what is it to be free? Well, I guess I believe that you are actually a manifestation of God's freedom in a finite form. And the only way to experience that freedom is to fully, completely be one with yourself, who you are at the present moment. Uh, unhappiness, which we would call the hells, want to have you thinking about, you'll be happier in the future, or you were a lot happier in the past, or this isn't really happy because, yeah, okay, it's 75 out, but it's not sunny. <laughs> so they hold out the carrot of happiness to you, and if you're seduced into looking at that happiness rather than experiencing the happiness that you are, in fact, at this moment, uh, then they've got you. They've created a hell out of something that does not exist. And they've stolen from you heaven, which actually is at a present moment, the only moment. Uh, Thich Nhat Hanh says, present moment, only moment. You are home, you have arrived. And then he follows that by, it's not the content of your thinking that's the problem. It's the thinking itself. And that's because the thinking mind the hell's love self, love of the world, use that thinking mind to project into the future, I'll be happier, or to go back in the past, I wasn't happy enough, or I did something that embarrassed me, or whatever. It wants to take you away from God's creation. Spirituality wants you to be in the present moment. This is God's moment. This is God's manifesting at this moment. This is it. You know, we're spinning around thousands of miles an hour. We're, orbiting around the sun, the sun is huge, fortunately not too close, not too far away. It's perfect. All these things are actually happening at this moment. Yeah, but if I could just have that ice cream tonight, then I'll be happy. Uh, I know going on vacation, I'll be happy when I get to the cabin. I get to the cabin, I'll be happy when I get to the water. Oh yeah, but I'll be happy when I get a boat. I'll be happy when I go to supper. The hell is just want to make sure you're not experiencing the happiness that you are at this moment and is a finite form of God's love, his wisdom, which is his happiness. So It's like looking at pictures 
of where you're going to go on vacation. And when you look at those, it's like, this is such a perfect place. And then when you get there, you're like, oh, it's too hot here. There's yeah. too many bugs here. Yeah. So I, I love it. So, so there's a, um, there we go. I'm, not, I'm content in that, yeah, with that. Good. I don't think I'd be happier if I wasn't sitting on my mic wire, right? You're right. So, so freedom, there's a freedom that, that God is trying to give you in the moment with how things are. Your mind wants to, it, it, it seems like it's saying, I'm just trying to lead you to happiness. Or you would be happier if this thing happened or if that thing happened. But that's not really, that's not really that heavenly freedom. Um, how, if let's say I'm all wrapped up in that kind of stuff, how important is it, talk about the role that, that my, my free will plays in getting out of that. Because I know that I've, I've you know, you've, you've been really helpful to me. I had a time when anxiety was overwhelming my life not so long ago, and you were helping me like walk through 12 steps around anxiety. But there was so much that of, it wasn't just I could come and you would say, do this, do that. I had to say, you know, I know I'm powerless over this anxiety. Why does it matter that, that I have to realize that something needs to be done, that, that you can't just do it for me? That I can't do something for you? Well, yeah, like, why does it, it matter that I need to recognize, use my freedom to, to want to start to change? Well, I think God wants you to, through your understanding, connect with something that's good. And that's the power is not in the truth. It's in the truth from good. So if I'm in the midst of, uh, in my head about something, anxious about something, and I remember Thich Nhat Hanh, it's not the content of your thinking, it's probably, stop. It's a nice day. I'm down by my pond. It's spring. This is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> yeah. And I was lost in my anxiety about what am I going to do now that the thrift shop is gone. Why was I there? And who, who sent me there? They used my love of self and love of the world to lure me away from God's present moment into thoughts about my past or myself. I always, I always am the star of my thinking. That's what Pharaoh represents, the proprium. Proprium doesn't just think it's a king. It thinks it's God in a finite form. It's a liar from the beginning. That's what it says. We got to get out of this brain. You know, the brain says you can't leave. Uh, God says, please, <laughs> come with me. Uh, you'll be a lot happier when you're away from your own thinking because all your thinking is self-centered, selfish, inconsiderate, and uh, about you. Yeah. So how do I do that? I'm powerless. Yeah, but step two in a 12-step program says, there is a power that can help you stop thinking. What is that? Turn your life and will over to your God of your understanding. Mm-hmm. Turn my life over. How do I do that? Stop thinking. It's not your life anymore. When those thoughts come and want to bother you about your pond, say, I'm sorry. This is not my life anymore. You might want to talk to the new owner. <laughs> have a conversation. Enjoy yourself. I have no interest in what you have to say because I know your only interest is to bring me from the present moment into anxiety rather than contentment. Yeah, I've heard you say that worry, worry wants to be worry. Worry is worry. Yeah, it's a society called worry. You think that worry is going to bring you to peace because it's going to get you to worry about this thing enough, and then you'll have figured it out, and then you'll be peaceful. But, but what it takes you away from is cultivating a life in which your habit is, as you said, to say, you're trying to get me to worry, but the Lord has said to me, like, don't be afraid, don't worry. So I'm going to trust, trust that. 
Yeah. If you're in conversation with worry, you're in the state called worry. It's like being in a bar talking about becoming uh, free from alcoholism. Oh, come on, Harry, that's a good idea. I, I think you're right here. Have a drink. Yeah. No, uh, you're in the environment. You have to leave that environment, and God has give you the power to leave. In fact, he asks you, come unto me, all your heavily burdened and laden, and I'll give you rest. Rest from who? From you. <laughs> from your love of self and love of the world. Oh. From your pride. From your worried about what people think. I want to free you from the bondage of self. Well, how are you going to do that? You have to let go of the self and come unto me. Sounds like... Um my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and I think that, uh, you know, in New Church Theology it talks a lot about how when we're in you know, hellish freedom, which is what you're talking about, where I'm so wrapped up in what's my reputation, what, what, are things going to go exactly how I want them, and I'm trying to, like, sort of move, shuffle the pieces around on the board to make it so life works out exactly for me, you think of, oh, if I'm going to to turn my life over to God or trust that God is actually the one who, is, who can lead me better than I can lead myself, to that like, worrying, managing mindset, that sounds like, that's, I don't want to do that. That's not freedom. But then when you actually get there, you realize, no, I, I, I'm more free here. I, 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 I haven't disappeared as a person. I'm, I'm happy and I'm still alive and free in a way that I couldn't understand before. Yeah, in fact, it's God's freedom that you're now experiencing as if it's your own. And it says in uh, Divine Love and Wisdom 116, if you know that freedom that you're experiencing now, and that delight is experienced by you, by you but it is not yours, it's from God, then you're happy. If you think it's yours, you lose that happiness because now you're grasping. I use the example of that monkey in the jar holding on to that nut of happiness. He's not, he, he, he wants happiness, but his wanting is the very thing that keeps him from happiness because you can't want what you have, so he, he's stuck. But if he sees his little girl trip, he lets go, the nut drops out. Oh, he came to the present moment, sees someone he loves, wants to be of help. He is now free from what? The bondage of self. He's free from, I want this now. Do you... You guys know that the monkey in the with the jar example. As I understand it, it's yeah. that you can have a jar that you reach into it. A monkey reaches into it, and there's a piece of food in there. And with your hand clamped around the food, you can't get your hand out. Right. And if you're really obsessed with that food, yeah. you can't get your hand out. You don't know. Yeah. You never think I could let this go, and there might be food yeah. that's outside. And that, it. and that nut in there is called my happiness, not happiness. My happiness. Yeah. My piece of cake. My vacation. Yes, there's, and there's two, I think what's so important that you're touching on there is that there's, there's two things that both claim that they are happiness. And one of them, which I would, call, which I would say is sort of the, the um, compass for what we were calling before hellish freedom is I will be happy when I get everything exactly as I want it. And for some of us that means when I'm you know, the, the most popular person, or when I get everything to go my way, or when I get rich, or whatever it is you're looking for. And then there's another happiness, which is uh, we're happy when everyone is most fully and profoundly happy, and to pursue that goal is happiness. And I, I think we've both had good experience, experience with them both, and it's just about getting clarity on, okay, which one of these really has a future? Well, pleasures of insanity is one of them, which uh -huh. is loves of self being satisfied and gratified. 
divine impossibility and gratify and satisfy the divine uh, program. So that's that, pleasures of insanity. And then the lights of wisdom. Those are the two that Swedenborg talked about. Mm -hmm. So the pleasures of insanity, I experience a pleasure, but it's never satisfied, and it's primarily against others in regard to judging others as not as good as me, or I'm better than am I richer than am I. It's always that way. Whereas the delights of wisdom is you're in the delight when you're doing something for another person. You don't even know your happiness. You are happiness. You aren't trying to be happy. You're happiness in action. You've lost yourself in place of God coming into that presence of the letting go of self, letting go of me first. Letting go. There's no me. What, do you, what can I do for you? Yeah, and I think that, and let's close on that note because I think that's describing really well. So hellish freedom is like, okay, I'm happy because I, I won this thing over here. I got this thing to be how it was. This person said this and I got them back for it. And so now I'm happy, but, but every action I take in that direction actually pushes me away from people, isolates people, keeps me in these worrying loops. Whereas the, I see this person, I want to help them. I want to get up today and try to pursue living life in integrity and, and doing something useful for other people. Every step I take in that direction, it compounds in a good way. Life, life does get easier and happier. And yeah. Happy, happiness in action in you. Happiness in action in you. Right. Great. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Peter. Uh, you're um, Thank you. I'm going to stay on stage for a second and just okay. do, the, do the prayer and everything. But thank you so much. All Let's right. give him a round of applause for coming. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. Can we get um, a little bit of music, uh, Ethan, in, in the background? So... Um, I hope that today you've picked up something that can travel with you about freedom and what it means that we are always pursuing something and when we're pursuing it because we want to do it, there's, there's, that's what freedom is. Um, and it seems to me like there really are, there, there's two kinds of freedom. There's, there's the illusory freedom of the ego and then there is the actual freedom of um, love love for the human race, which that, that is what, what comes from God, the desire that, we all, that everyone be happy. Like it's, it's gone from, I'm new at school, I hope I'm the most popular kid in school, to I hope, every, I hope nobody feels left out, nobody feels lonely, and I'm happy when the group is happy. So I think there's a real power in that. So let's um, take a moment to say the Lord's Prayer. You can say it along with me, or you can... Um, just listen. You can say it afterwards. We've got the words up there if you're looking for them. Uh, so I think in this prayer, I feel like there is a request to be led and I think an acknowledgement that the Lord can bring us to this, this heavenly way of life that, that leads, that will, if we're all using our freedom to follow what God is asking us to do, then God can pull off his master plan, which is that everyone be most profoundly and fully happy, and that that's why creation exists. Okay, so let's, let's say the prayer here. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You just going through that prayer, you can feel this is, look, we are, yes, we're asking to be led. We're asking for God to do everything, but it's us asking. The prayer is not, you said this, so we have to do it. You said this, so we have to do it. This is us saying, I'm using my freedom to, to ask, hey, will you, will you lead me? And there's some magic in that. There's some magic in that freely chosen partnership that we can have with God. So I hope you take that out into the world today and use your heavenly freedom to, to turn your face toward the sun and, uh, and brighten things for everyone as we move towards everybody being most fully and profoundly happy. Thanks, everybody. We'll close with another song. something it's beautiful it's full of life and it's all blue I see the sunset on the beach it makes me feel calm when I'm calm I feel good good when I feel good I say say and the joy it brings Makes me feel good, good. When I feel good, I say, say what the joy it brings. I see birds fly across the sky. Across the sky. Everyone's heart flies together. together. Food is frying, people smiling like there is no other way to feel good. Good. When I feel good, I say, say. and the joy it brings makes me feel good. got some joy in this day. I said, come on along. I know you want to feel our song. We got some light to bring. We got some joy in this day.
feel, can you feel the joy? Oh, I think you should say, hey, yeah. I love to share my things. Just some of that freedom It's a smile you can feel in your heart Beat freedom Freedom Whoa. You deserve your freedom. freedom It's in the feeling that Thank you. Have a great week. See you on Sunday. Got to get you some of that freedom. And it's all for you. 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 All for you.